Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Ashley's Memorial Day sale is going on now. Shop our biggest selection of hot buys, cool deals, or shop limited time savings on new summer spaces. Plus, get 72-month special financing on select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Whether you're redecorating indoors or rethinking your outdoor space, save big on this season's trending styles. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hey, welcome to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. I'm Mike Sweeney. I am Jesse Gaskell, and we are Conan writers, longtime Conan writers. Yes. And we're still technically working for the company, right? even though we're not writing anything. It's a behind the scenes. Honestly, we're like the GI doctors of Conan, because we're taking you... Inside. Conan. And the reason I said that <laughs> is because I know you had a colonoscopy, Sweeney. No, I'm having it. Okay, I'm sorry. That's right. I'm going to have it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You're getting like a pre-Thanksgiving colonoscopy, which is so yes. brilliant. You just get cleaned out. So you can fill it back up. Exactly. I do it every year <laughs> ahead of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. So you're actually, in, have you, did you start the procedure? No, I haven't started that. I wouldn't dare do that before we recorded this. <laughs> I thought you might want an excuse to step away. Uh, well, I always looking for that. <laughs> if I knew that, I'd, I'm going to start scheduling these weekly. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll get that out of the way tomorrow. It's not a pleasant thing, but I guess it's important um, to get done. Well, you get drugged, so it's kind That's of... That's true. Yeah, it's just... Although this doctor is kind of a big burly guy, and he kind of looks like a German butcher from the 19th century or something. I, oh, no. I just was, I guess, prefer someone a little more genteel in appearance for this procedure. Yeah. <laughs> I had a colonoscopy one time and my doctor was young, like just a little bit older than me Oh, and wore Converse, which also was unsettling. That is a little... Doogie Hauser. Doogie, it is Doogie (laughs) Hauser-ish. I know. And it was was weird because honestly, there was a little bit of romantic chemistry between us. Oh boy. Oh boy. (laughs) Well, that happens... To you with all your healthcare providers. It does. And I swear it's not one-sided. <laughs> and actually, we we matched on a dating app years later. Wait, is that true? That's Wait, true. Is that true? <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> well, that's, that's fantastic. And I reached out to him and I said, do you remember me from when you gave me my colonoscopy? <laughs> Perhaps this picture will help. And then he unmatched me. <laughs> oh, my God. I might have crossed a line. I don't picture young people giving colonoscopy. Like I know. It's an old person's game. Yes. Yeah. How much later did you run into him on a dating uh, app? 
um, it was like <laughs> maybe five years. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, it really, there was a, there was a brief moment where I was like, all right, this is it. This is our meet cute. We're going to be telling this story to our grandchildren. Wow. And telling it on the moth, probably. <laughs> yes. It's, it's a total moth story. <laughs> it's a total moth story, which is why I was really disappointed it didn't happen. When you didn't hear back from him, did you reach out? Maybe there's other cute doctors at his practice. <laughs> oh, I should have. Or I could have just gone to that doctor review site. I could have tried some different angles. Oh, right. How dare you unmatch me? He sounds like a jerk. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll match with the, the burly man who's going to do me tomorrow down the line. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm almost a little jealous of your yeah. pre-Thanksgiving ritual. I think you're going to have a really guilt-free meal after that. Yeah. We're not having turkey this year. Oh, you're not? No. We're having a pork porchetta. Oh. Oh, yum. Yeah. My wife, Cynthia, is like, I'm sick oh, of turkey. Oh, that's great. Well, you know what? I I don't like turkey, and I just yeah, read no there was does. a study. No, no one does. And there was a study of where it was like they ra- people ranked their favorite meats to have for Thanksgiving, and turkey didn't even make the list. <laughs> it was ham. Yeah. Chicken. Chicken. Fish. What for? Th- what people would prefer to eat on Thanksgiving? That's what it was. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. Yeah. So, so turkey wasn't even on the board. Oh man, losing out to fish is re- <laughs> really insulting. Yeah, I know. Well, I think we're all warmed up for the show. We really are. Uh, we have a great guest tonight. We really do. I'm saying tonight. This comes out during the day, but this one you can only hear at night. <laughs> it's inside Conan After Dark. Yes. Yeah. No, we're talking to the longtime director of Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Her name is Liz Planka. Yes. And she's, I, I think, kind of one of the pioneering women of directing music variety uh, talk shows. Yeah, yeah. There are very, very few. few. I mean, it might just be Liz, honestly. Uh, well, another big one was Beth McCarthy Miller, who was directing Saturday Night Live at the time. Oh, okay, good. And she worked at Late Night from 1995 to 2002. Yep. And was a big part of kind of developing the pace and the tone of the comedy there. You know, a lot of the comedy back then was so ambitious. They were crazy, crazy days. And she was a cool cucumber through all of it. Oh, the coolest. Oh, boy, is she cool. You will hear how cool she is. Unflappable is the word. So here's Liz Planka. Well, I'm very excited about today's guest. She had... What I would argue is the most challenging, hardest behind the scenes job in all of late night television. And she did it on Late Night with Conan O'Brien for seven years, directing. Yes. Incredibly hard job. And she was a master at it. And it's a pleasure to have her on the show to talk about those years and beyond. Please say hello to Liz Planka. Hi, Liz. Hi. Hi, Liz. Hi. Hi. Happy to be here. Oh, good. That's a relief. We need your help directing this podcast. Oh, boy, do we? (laughs) Any thoughts? We talk over each other a lot. That's my fault. (laughs) I think that's part of your charm, the two of you. (laughs) (laughs) And also, directors have to be diplomats. Yes, they do. Yes, they (laughs) do. (laughs) They at least have to try. (laughs) That's right. Well, you know, of course, we want to talk about uh, your time at Conan, but how... 
can we go back a little earlier and just find out how you got into directing, which... I, I kind of worked my way up through the ranks, you know? I mean, started uh, out as a production yeah. secretary back in the day, and, you know, just one thing led to another, and there came the path of heading either in the producing direct direction or the directing direction, and so I went towards directing, so I was an AD for a really long time. What's a really long time? Ten years. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So I was associate director for a lot of um, live variety shows and stuff like that. And it just got to a point mm-hmm. where I was like, all right, I think it's time to take this uh, this leap. And, uh, right. And just started doing it. And uh, for some reason, my career trajectory just ended up in comedy. I just kept I was doing a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> kept trying to get out of it. Well, no, right. actually, it was so it was great because you know who gets to get up in the morning and laugh all day long. But you know, it's, yeah. it, it was great. So you know, I did. Uh, um, I don't know if this is kind of a blast from everyone's past. Clarissa, Clarissa explains it all. I did. Oh yeah, did that show for. I was um, a fan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was really fun. And again, did a lot of uh, some stand-up shows and. Uh-huh. Um, some traveling stand-up shows and for HBO and Fox and all that. And then I got a call from Jeff Ross one day. Wow. Out of the blue. Yeah. Executive <laughs> producer for Conan. Yes. And uh, he said, you want to come and do the show? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good Jeff. That is a deadly accurate Jeff. He said, I, w- I wouldn't do it. I'd advise you against it. <laughs> and I said, uh, for how long? Because, you know, most of my gigs were like, you know, a month or 13 weeks at the most. Right. Or Clarissa, the longest was, you know, on and off for two years. But, you know, again, episodic. So it wasn't really. Right. I said, how long? And he said, well, as long as it's on the air. Forever. You know, forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I said, sure, why not? I was living in L.A. at the time and was ready for a change and um, made the move to New York. Oh, wow. In 95. Wow. Wow. And were you familiar with the show? I mean, had, did you no, watch it at all? No. 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 <laughs> that, that, that's why you said yes. No, yes. no. Actually, it was it was just like one of those... I was on the road a lot when I was doing um, comedy, directing mm-hmm. the uh, other stuff. And um, so I didn't really have an opportunity to watch late night TV. It was either too late or, you know, or I was shooting one or the other. So... Right. Yeah. I asked... If I could get episodes, either five episodes or ten episodes, I can't remember, of the worst shows that they'd done so far and ten of the best that they'd done so far. Oh, I'd love to hear who chose that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> yeah. Were they like, they're, they're, I, we wish we had some bad ones to send <laughs> Or was it the opposite? We wish yeah. we had some good ones to so send I got a pile of 20 bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really, that's a great question to ask i i, I wouldn't need so did did you get scared when you watched yeah oh sure oh. <laughs> are you kidding it was it, it was a different kind of fear though it wasn't fear like can i do this it was fear like oh right. my god what am i getting myself into <laughs> right <laughs> and it was kind of like going home i'm from originally from just outside manhattan so hmm. um you know you're allowed not, to say new jersey uh, new jersey just outside manhattan <laughs> <laughs> my home state. Um, Maybe you can explain for us a little more what a director on a late night show is doing, because you're in a you're in a separate booth, mm-hmm. and so you're not in the studio, but you're communicating with all the cameras. 
in the right. studio. But it's, I mean, uh, if you want to talk about it like a day at Conan sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. The writers would leave scripts for us from the night before whatever bits were going to go into the show that day. So uh, hopefully they look. Uh, the well, yes, that's true, Sweeney. <clears throat> I don't know why you'd emphasize my name, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so um, between myself and Tracy King, we would sort of wrangle all the moving parts that needed to happen. And um, we would uh, sit down and I would block it out on paper and just sort of know which the best theoretically the best way to shoot it. So if there was a bit that was going to happen over in the performance area, you know, we know we'd have to move all the cameras over to that area and, you know, be shooting the bit while staying on having another camera on Conan. And the performance area is over by the proscenium. That's where the area where Conan would come out and do the monologue. And where away the bands from would play desk. as well. Proscenium. The live bands, right. Sounds like a body part. <laughs> Theater word. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Yeah, so go ahead. So I would block it out, and then we would, uh, well, we would have our morning meeting. We would discuss it, and then we would go downstairs and block it and figure it all out with the with, with the writers, myself, the writers, and um, Tracy again, and obviously the cameras. And, and blocking it out is literally where the camera's going to be and where the actor or whatever performer right. or in our case, live mm-hmm. animal right. would, would be positioned. <laughs> right, right. So right. if there were three people in a particular bit, then I would have to have one camera on one person, one camera on the other person, another camera on a, a big wide master shot so that you can see the whole room and obviously a, a camera wherever Conan would be. And then um, nine times out of 10, I would never have enough cameras. <laughs> <laughs> because of, a lot of the sketches were really, really involved and ambitious. Mm-hmm. And then, so just continuing the day, we would have lunch and then we would come back. And then at two o'clock, Conan would come downstairs and essentially rewrite the entire sketch, which then would involve reblocking the entire sketch. <laughs> then uh, it would be 530. Yes. And we, we would have to shoot it. Yeah. And there were more than one time, I can tell you, that pages were being brought in act by act. So we would go to commercial and I would get handed the pages for the next script and I would be furiously marking them in my book to try and get the shots written down so that my AD could tell me what shots were going to. So we're both scribbling in our books and commercial breaks. And wow, that happened many, many times. Um, that happened a lot. And yeah. back then there was a big, like, There'd be the rehearsal the way he said it too, and it, and when changes were made, then there was a big lag time to get all those changes into a script. Right, and this is before before email computers. even. Yeah, right. Yes, so there were floppy disks, and and so you're in the control room waiting for the waiting. new. You have to mark up this script, yeah, and a lot, and then sometimes the rewrite would take a long time before it even got to the script coordinator. So, well, also in the interim, sometimes while you guys were doing changes, we were doing music. We were rehearsing music. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So, you know, at that point we dragged the band sled out and we would, I I would block the music in the morning. Um, so I would listen on, um, you know, listen to the track and I would get a band plot. So I would know where, know where each band member was standing 
or moving, and uh, I would block out the cameras based on that. We would probably block out, generally a song would probably be anywhere between 30 and 40 shots in the song. Whoa. So we would rehearse that while script changes were happening, and then script changes would fly back in, and we would go back to plan A or plan C or whatever it might right. have been at the moment. <laughs> Z prime. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. That's a really stressful. Yeah. And as a director, do you feel, is there pressure on you to kind of keep a cool front for the rest of the team? I think it's important. Yeah. I think it's critically, actually critically important because if you're losing your shit, they're not going to know what to do. You know, yeah, and they're not going to feel. They're secure. all looking to you, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not going to feel secure. There were times I'd walk into the booth before the show, and after yeah, some the insanity you're describing, and you were always as cool as a cucumber. And I, I yeah, I was like, do you have a room you go to to yell, or you just you just were always so cool. She invented CBD. No matter how crazy it got, yeah, it was <laughs> it, it was you know what it was very calming. <laughs> <laughs> it had it affected everybody. One thing that amazed me is, yes, you're in this separate room, the control room, obviously, but you're communicating with all the cameramen through a headset, and you're also, you know, the the sound effects person and yeah, the graphics sound person, and graphics and, mm-hmm. and all that. And again, just going back to the fact that it was so nascent in technology at that point. That, you know, when we would do a, a, a simple, what we now would look at as a very simple desk piece, like a, a, a Those Who Made It or any one of those, um, you know, graphic pieces where there right. were images. Right. If we had to change anything, it would involve redoing the entire stack. So if picture... The order, the order the of the order, pictures. The order of the pictures, yeah. So if picture one went to number seven, that would mean to start over, just throw the whole thing up in the air and start over again. Whereas now, you can just punch a button and one becomes seven in two right. seconds, you know, or less. Mm-hmm. So that was always challenging, too. Also back then, I, I, there were so many drags on the system. Like editing, mm-hmm. everything was still on videotape. Yeah, yeah. So you a lot of times you're probably sitting there waiting for tapes to get run up from the edit room. Waiting for tapes to get run up to the edit room. The that scene from broadcast news absolutely resonated yes. in all our heads many times. <laughs> uh, that happened a lot. There was a lot of machine failure. Things would go down a lot. Are you talking about in the control room? Yeah. Like the equipment yeah. in the control room. The equipment really? in the control room, the like graphics machines would go down, the audio console would go down. The video control, things would always go down. Tape machines would crash and burn. I mean, stuff was crashing and burning all the time. I'd seen examples, not with you, but where a director, like I'd be in the control room and it'd be like, you know, something was happening and he'd go, camera five, camera five, you know, shoot, you know, the the runaway dog or whatever. And the camera wouldn't move. And it, it was, <laughs> I think the cameraman had just zoned out or was... <laughs> Well, sometimes they just are terror-stricken. Oh, okay. Some of these freelance people, and I love them all, they're wonderful, but they work so many shows and they get assigned so many different camera numbers that if you say to them, camera five, they may not know you're talking about them. Oh. Yeah. So I I make it a personal point to call them by name, Mm -hmm. you know, even if there's three Daves on my camera wall, it's, (laughs) you know, it's Dave Dave G. G. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. Break for the runaway dog. (laughs) Go get them. You know, I mean, I guess camera, that personnel changes a lot, but I would think 
ideally you'd love camera people who almost are like in sync with the way you're thinking. So yeah, they Can take a little initiative that. or they're kind of right. on it. I always like to work in a, in a, I always enjoy a collaborative effort. Um, you know, and make sure that we're all, because if you're not working as a team, it just doesn't work. It just does not work. Right. Um, so I, I think that's one of the most important things. If they have ideas or suggestions, I have one set of eyes. And if someone else sees something that they go, oh, what about this? This could be funny. Or what about this? This might work better as a shot. You know, I'm all always in for mm. that. It's the greatest. Yeah. Speaking of one set of eyes, I would always be amazed I don't know how you would keep track of all, like on the wall in front of you, there'd be seven different camera shots. Well, there'd be five cameras because that was all I ever okay. was allowed to have on that show. <laughs> you wanted more. I would want less. I always like, wanted how more did you... because I wow. I just couldn't, never felt like I could get the coverage that I always wanted. Hmm. And then there was the time, I don't know if you remember this, Sweeney, when we got budget cuts, we had budget cuts and they actually cut one of my camera operators so oh, wow. I had five cameras, but four people to run them. So I, they're like, we can teach a dog to run a camera. <laughs> so I have this poor guy running from one camera to the next. I know. I don't remember that. You don't. Wow. Oh yeah. That was really, that was how crazy. How is that compared to doing sitcoms? I mean, how many cameras did you get there? The sitcoms, that, you should, they're really not that many. They're usually four. Okay. Some yeah, four, usually four or five at the most on sitcoms. But um, they're not moving around as much, you know. Right. Yeah. And they also break between scenes, and they, you know, the and whole, reset. Yeah. The whole company moves mm-hmm. to the next set or whatever, and there's a little breather in there. This is just, you know, you hit the ground running, and that's it. So. Right. I was just thinking of the time that Tommy Blacha, one of the writers, Tommy Blacha. Uh, I don't know how this happened, but we used to cap the band on a band sled. And there was um, a piano out on the band sled. And it was behind the curtain. Connor would come through the curtain. He would do his monologue. Right. Then he would cross over to home base and sit right. and do his bit. Right. Well, we open the curtains. Connor comes out. And Tommy is sitting at the piano. <laughs> <laughs> in the dark. It was kind of. It was dark. And in he, shadow. And he but you could see him. Yeah. <laughs> we could never figure out how he got out there or. Why what he was he sat doing? There. What was he doing? I don't know. He was playing Tom Waits, I think, in a sketch. Oh, oh right. 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 And so he was sitting there with like a pork Getting pie into hat. Character? He was dressed <laughs> as Tom Waits after a bender at this piano. Yeah, but he knew not to move. I mean, I think he was oh, yeah. terrified. Yeah. Because he was literally right behind Conan during the entire monologue. The whole monologue. Oh, that yeah. is so funny. Yeah. What did you think of Conan when you first met him? And what was your relationship with him like? Um, we had a fine relationship. I, you know, he would come in my office, flop down on the sofa and we would just <laughs> yak. And... Yeah. That means he likes you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was challenging on set. No doubt about it. I, I know he was, um, look, like I said, it was the very beginning. I was not the, you know, May of 95 when I joined. Right. Right after I joined, three days later, we went and did the boat show. Were you there for that, sweetie? I was. I had started in February. So Conan did the whole show in the Circle Line, which is a boat that goes around Manhattan. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I was there for th- maybe three days, maybe four days at the most at that point, And we were out doing a remote on the boat. But um, <laughs> Conan was receptive 
because he was a, a, such a newbie, you know, he, he didn't really know, he didn't know what he was doing, honestly. He, right. so he yeah. was, he was, we were, you know, he was trying to figure it out as he was going. So he, he was learning hosting mm-hmm. on, exactly. on the clock, on the fly. On the clock. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, yeah. Cause by the time I got there, it seemed like Conan was, I mean, he was so accustomed to what the director would be doing and what the shots were that he, mm-hmm. he was even sometimes calling shots from, you know, from his position mm-hmm. it was like, when did you get there? What year? 2013. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, interesting. It was an interesting for, for me because I obviously always had a camera on him. Right. So I could see every nuance, every twitch, oh, every yeah, yeah. every oh, wow. eye <laughs> right. movement. You see the, the vein under his eye start to bulge if he Yeah, upset. that, but I could also, <laughs> in time, I could tell when he was going to do something. Oh, interesting. You know? I would just be sitting there and watching him and I would say, he's not, he's not liking where this is going. He's going to mm. jump on the desk or he's going to bolt. Yeah. Or there were a couple of times, there were a couple of times where I've said, he's going to go to the audience. Got guys stand by to yep. swing. Cause he's going to go. And sure enough, he jumps up Making and a runs to the audience. And you know, so that was, um, that took quite a while because he needed to find himself in that mm-hmm. role first. So, you know, it took a little longer. There was evolution. For me. Yeah, it was evolution, but it just took a little uh, took, took a little time to get to know his uh yeah. his, his facial idiosyncrasies. <laughs> you know? That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah, watching watching his face to know when he's about to <laughs> to do something or say cause something. a commotion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Cause a commotion. Yeah. You could tell if he wasn't a enjoying a comedy bit. He, he was mm-hmm. trapped in that mm-hmm. had the worst was when you knew he, he hated it. And there were like six more minutes left to it. It's like, Oh, <laughs> right. or, yeah. Or a guest. Mm-hmm. Or I was going to say, or be a guest yeah. where, uh, yeah, he's just, he just wants to crawl under his desk and I know. Yeah. And, but the camera's on, like at least Andy, Andy's talked about like, I don't like, I hate when they're on, but he, you know, he can literally just kind of zone out on the couch and not worry about yeah being stuck on camera during the whole thing. Yeah. No, I just, I remember Conan getting up and leaving the set a couple times during, after a particularly um, unhappy six minutes with a guest that did not go the way that he was hoping it would go. Yeah. Oh. And gratefully he would leave his mic on in his dressing room. Uh, <laughs> I hope you have all those recordings. <laughs> That's great. I'm in very handy. <laughs> the commercial break. I, I remember walking up to the desk after a comedy piece. And if, if it was, you know, if it barely skimmed the trees you know, it's going up, going, hey, hey, hey boss, how's it going? Hey. And it just glare. Yeah. It sounds like there were nights when it was really a scramble to get the show going. Did you ever have to hold the show or, yes. you know, do stretch during commercial breaks because yes. something was changing? Yeah. Yes, to both of those things. Crazy. We wouldn't hold more than 10 minutes at the most. Yeah. Um, and a commercial break, it may be like another minute or so. Like it would be like, literally, are you ready? I need a minute. Just give me a minute. Yeah. Um, no. So it, it was never so crazy. I, I shouldn't say never. Cause I probably blocked those, but 
Um, <laughs> uh, I don't recall it being so bad that we had to like completely stop down. No, Je- I mean Jeff Ross and Conan were pretty maniacal about starting the show on time. Yeah, mm-hmm. wa- wanting to. Yeah, and keeping the commercial keeping breaks it to time. super yeah. short. Yeah, and Conan especially was obsessed with basically. To him, it was like a live theater show. So the idea of, even though technically you could like, you know, you could add an extra three minutes to a commercial break. He didn't like that because he thought the energy would mm. dip I for the I totally audience. agreed with, with him on that. I, I yeah. think it, not, it sucks the life out of the room and the, the audience dies. And right. yeah, there was a great band to entertain them. But um, right. I, I just, Max. you know, people know something's up, you know? Yeah. That's true. There's just a sense uh-huh. Something's awry. Yeah. People are running, running around, around like, screaming <laughs> while the band's yeah. playing. Yeah. Max is smiling. <laughs> Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Well, my memory is the things that would always make the show start late were usually clutch cargos, which were the oh oh you just dipped your head down yeah which were the talking you know <laughs> we got a reaction <laughs> we'd have stills of famous people and then the lips we'd have live lips moving and those would scripts would come in long and they'd get rewritten a lot and it would take I remember sitting in you know Conan's dressing room at five ten still changes being written on the margins in in pen and then they still had to get finished and sent to you so that those are the times i remember starting a few minutes late clutch cargos were tough it would go down to the wire it would go down to the wire yeah yeah it was exciting and the desk drives were a challenge as well yeah desk drives were where conan and andy would sit behind the desk and we'd green screen behind them background footage that made them look initially like they drove out of the studio. Mm-hmm. And then once they're in New York, it'd be like, oh, it's Christmas. Let's go to Saks or let's go see the tree. Those rehearsals, I remember being the hardest. Yeah, I agree. Those were because those would come in as in uh, as multiple tape rolls. Right. So in a in a, uh, a desk drive, sometimes there might be 10 or 12 tape rolls with in, in internally. And again, Mm-hmm. Not EVS. It was tape. It was tape. Right. And it, if you weren't cued in the exact correct spot, um, you know, and they were, we were cross rolling. So we had to cross roll from one machine to the other based on the timing of the jokes or whatever. So my AD Maureen would be counting down the end of the tape to the very last frame of the tape. And the bit is still going on because everybody's laughing so hard and we can't cross roll to the next one because it's a new scene and we don't want to bust the joke. So she's five, four, three, two. And we're like, ah, freeze it, freeze it. Just put a freeze frame on it. Just <laughs> Yeah. Right. And then finally cross roll to the next one. And some of them were so incredibly short 
that, you know, that might be like, uh, we're just going to go drive down here for a second, boom, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum, and then cross roll to the next one. And then we're just going to go here for a few seconds. So, you know, someone's back there madly going from machine to machine to machine to machine. <laughs> and, and then there was the factor of props that was involved. Right. Where, you know, Steve Hollander, our stage manager is, you know, handing in stuff or, Mm -hmm. Oldie Olsen, Olsen is crossing in or, you know, some other crazy stuff is happening. Things are getting thrown at people and, you know, it's all this cueing and um, yeah. sound effects that go with it. And some, sometimes it was really funny if it didn't work, you know, obviously. Right. It was like if it, if it got busted, it was like, okay, right. Conan will take it and make it funny in some way so right but those were really challenging for us um back there in the booth yeah those the you're right there were all the there were actors and interacted with them mm -hmm. at the desk yeah. and and all these yeah like they drive through you know a toll booth yeah the gate. arm gate would break and you know. <laughs> yeah. that would have to be put in front of the desk and then right. mm -hmm. they'd walk it backwards to break and it had to be in sync with the video it was a nightmare wow yeah it was challenging Let's never discuss it yeah, again. Yeah, because if it's not perfect, people will think the desk isn't really out there. <laughs> <laughs> They're still in the studio. I No one believes me. I'm telling you. Well, that's another funny thing. I think I, I mentioned this um, to yeah. you, Sweeney, earlier, that, you know, people, when, you you know, I would say oh, I work on, on Conan, oh, I love that show. And they're like, wow, wow, you, you, you must really not get any sleep. You know, you stay up late, and I'm like, no, we shoot at five thirty, and you know, we <laughs> do this. And you rehearse right. that show? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Think, yeah, that's like that show has writers. Right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. A lot of people uh, would always ask Conan uh, in disbelief about rehearsing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we started putting rehearsal videos online yeah oh my god i wish we had some of the rehearsal videos from back then, from that back would... then? Mm -hmm. oh boy oh boy were there favorite bits that you really liked uh working on liz or i mean recurring comedy that you would get excited about i liked when we did stuff in the audience a lot because uh, i yeah i really just dug seeing the reactions of the people around them and really believing that Amy Poehler was Andy's little sister, you know, right. or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, and then her screaming down the stairs and knocking Andy off his chair and just, uh, you know, those were fun. And, and just bits that went from one part of the audience to another part of the audience to another part of the audience. Those, those were really fun. Yeah, there were there were a ton of people interrupting Conan from anywhere yes. in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the writers were honestly really fun and creative, and they all had their own sort of niche ideas of you know different different sketches. Michael Gordon has had his own head. Mm -hmm. Brian Rich had his own. You know, they they, were, mm -hmm. they, they provided that. So you kind of. After a while, you got to expect where they were going to go with things, you know. So like you like you almost knew what they were looking for. Yeah, yeah. When you yeah. when you get a script. When you get you. a script, yeah. I I think that was a cool part of the early show is what you just brought up is each writer almost had a unique voice, mm -hmm. and so you, mm -hmm. I think it lent to a lot of the sense of variety in the comedy right. on the show. Right, right, right. Yeah. And also the the performance aspect of the writers too, which was really fun, like McCann yes. and um Brian McCann. Stack. Right. Oh my God. Brian Stack. Stack. Yeah. 
the crazy stuff that I hate when he would write and act in. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also they were both, they were always money in the bank. I mean, Conan loved them. 100%. And yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember anything they were in ever getting cut because they were so funny. And, and even if, honestly, even if it was tanking, they would retreat, they would yes. manage to pull it out somehow. Right, 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 <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, the tanking would become the joke. Right, or Conan playing off the tanking. Right, right. Mm-hmm. was always great. Yeah, right. just, yeah. just kind of that slow burn, yeah. looking at things <laughs> totally unraveling. Yes. Do you remember any disasters stick out in your mind where it's just like, oh my God, like to wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh my God, I can't believe. That was probably every night. Sure. <laughs> That's what I wanted you to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did it feel for you, like, for, as, for the writers, it was always, I mean, it was such a scramble to get the show up and running. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it was over, it was like, you're already, you've already forgotten about it. You're yeah. already moving on to the next thing. Yeah. And, you know, five days a week of, you know, craziness, it's just like you can't store it. There's no bite space in your brain for it. You know, yeah. you just got to move on. I remember once the the comedy piece was going to end with the curtain opening and there was a cow, a live cow. And uh, oh my god, the cow, the cow that got broke the ele- the cow that broke the elevator. Yes. Wasn't that yes. Oh yes. I haven't heard this story. It was just you know, we rehearsed it and the final piece was a cow and Jeff Ross was always he he just was always like <laughs> Why do you have to have a cow here at 30? <laughs> Which is a valid point. It was, but mm. anyway, the audience would always go like, just be stunned that we somehow got livestock into Studio 6A. <laughs> Except for this night, it was the big final. Conan's like, throws to it. And no one warned us. Like the stage manager didn't go, we don't have the cow. Oh. He just came over and shook his head. And I'm like, <laughs> What are you? What, what are you, you doing? And he's like, "We don't have the cow." I'm like, "What do you mean you don't have the cow? How did you lose the cow?" But it turned out, which you can I didn't imagine know they, what it sounded like in the control room right at that moment. Oh, too. oh boy, oh boy! <laughs> they take the cow out to relieve itself between rehearsal and the show. Yeah, so it doesn't make a mess on the stage. They probably do that with guests as well. They took the cow down. And for some reason, when it got back on the elevator, it broke the elevator. It was so <laughs> it, it, it was weight. heavier. It gained weight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so the cow was down in the lobby, and we were cowless. Oh wow! I don't remember what happened after that, though. What happened to the I bit? I don't know. I think we just cut it out and just kind of maybe shot a different. Oh. Uh, like okay, well, that's it for you know, right, right, cutting it out. Yes, hilarious livestock. Wow, that bummer for the cow who told all I his know. friends all he his was going to be yeah. on TV that yeah. night. I called my mother. It happens. <laughs> I told her to tape it. You have worked in a lot of other late night shows. Yes, Tonight Show, Lights Out with David Spade, Busy Tonight, Joel McHale Show, The Wayne Brady Show. Mm-hmm. So is that has that kind of become a, a niche for you, or um, is that just what your preference? No, it um, there aren't that many people who do that kind of television. Yeah, that can do um, multi camera four or five days a week, and so I would always get the call. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. It, so, it's, it's a small pool, right? It is yeah, a very, very small pool. And it's gotten even smaller. Yeah. Wow. It's gotten smaller? I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. Alan Carton's not doing it anymore. There's, right. there's just he really aren't that many. director after you. Liz Patrick, who was had done Ellen for all those years, is now directing Saturday Night Live. Oh, cool. So she's out of the pool, too. So, yeah, there's just not that many people and other, you know, people that used to do it years ago are, are retired. So, yeah. Wow. There isn't that much of that television that's new anyway. I mean, yeah. you know, the ongoing shows have their directors and they, they stay and it's great. So, yeah. So when I left, I just, um, you know, I just freelanced for a while. I uh-huh. just lots of stand up. Mm. I just remember doing lots of stand up. And um, I did Mind Amencia for five seasons, which was oh, lots wow. of fun because that was not as much stand up as it was sketch. Ah. Um, so that was really a lot of fun doing that. And there weren't bands on that show, so you didn't have to right. also do I, I loved doing the music. That was that yeah. was fun because it was also kind of a, a breather, as it were. You know, it wasn't comedy and it wasn't pressured. It was pretty well thought out, you know, earlier in the week. So it wasn't like a, necessarily a whole day of thing other than the rehearsal and the shooting of it. But there were rarely, rarely surprises when it came to the music. You know, rarely... I mean, on The Tonight Show, it was a little bit, there were more surprises with music because there were a lot more divas coming onto The Tonight Show than there were mm-hmm. on um, right. on Conan. And Conan was more about like, you know, cutting edge and, you know, breaking new bands and things like that. So they were pretty cooperative. <laughs> <laughs> Just happy to be there. Exactly. Yeah. Happy to be there. Even UCB, UCB coming onto that show, the, the UCB players yeah. were, you know, just kind of breaking at that point too. So Right. They had all just moved to New York. Yeah, yeah. And we used them all the time. We used them all the time, right. They were so great. And and look at them now. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, as a woman directing late night TV, did you end up mentoring? Would you attract other young women who were interested in going into directing? Like, would they seek you out? To be honest, um, nobody wanted to sit in that chair. Oh, <laughs> I'm no joke. Yeah. I mean, they would, I, my ADs were happy to stay as ADs. Really? They were yeah. like, I don't want to do that. That's too, too, that's too hot a seat for me. Um, I'm good. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So they trained with you as ADs. They still wanted to be directors, but they didn't want to tackle something like late night. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say there are women that um, did go on to become directors, but don't do daily, wouldn't, don't do dailies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that they were just point blank, like... <laughs> We've seen it. Yeah. Don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> We've sat a foot away from it. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got this, Liz. I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't worry. No one's after your job. <laughs> you're you're trapped. I like the hot seat. Yeah, no kidding. No, it's it's the few times I'd be in the control room during the show, my jaw would be on the floor because I just it's I I don't know how you keep track of all the cameras and all the action. I don't know how people keep track of it that don't write it down because there are directors who don't write anything down. They just kind of wing it. Oh wow. And oh. I, I mean, first of all, you can't do that with comedy. You just can't. It's, it's, you know, you have to have a roadmap. Right. If you don't. Yeah. And, and you have from, to know where you're going. Exactly. Yeah. At least have a roadmap. And then that, if that goes south, at least you started somewhere. But if you don't have that, then you got nowhere to go. Everything was blocked. 
always. Mm-hmm. And, and it was sort of like a, you know, don't get too sure of anything. Like even right. though the, even though the opening was always the same and the monologue was always on the same mark and generally right. the same shots, I would still write them down just for my own mental exercise. Just remember this is this and this is, this is going to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like having cue cards instead of memorizing exactly. a script. It's like yeah. you need to just have that there so your mind doesn't wander too far. Yeah. Or just, you know, start thinking about what's, ha- if I, if I start thinking about what's going to happen right after this and I can still keep my place, I can still go back and yeah. look at it and go, okay, yes, this is where we are right now. So, yeah. Yeah. What's it like doing, uh, you've done a ton of stand-up specials too, mm-hmm. including, I I just learned this, uh, Norm's last special. Yes. Norm MacDonald's last special. Yes. Norm. Called Hitler's Dog Gossip and Trickery. <laughs> <laughs> Classic title. Yeah. Yeah. Was was that your first time working with Norm? Um, no, I worked with Norm on uh, Last Comic Standing oh. as well. He was one of the judges on Last Comic Standing, uh, uh-huh. one of the seasons that I did. I did two uh, two seasons of that, eight and nine, I think. Yeah. And he was on season nine. Um, Norm, is, Norm, he's kind of, as I'm sure you know, is a no-holds-barred kind of guy. He speaks his mind and yeah. um, is very candid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he is one of the gentlest, was one of the gentlest, kindest people you could ever meet. He was oh. a sweetheart. Yes. And, you know, I mean, you know from the show, having him on the show mm-hmm. so many times, too. So mm-hmm. And so smart. Oh, my God, the man was just whip smart. Yeah. Yes. I've seen so many things now where... He seems almost like he's playing, he's on camera in a talk show or during a roast. And it's almost like he's playing with everybody and playing with the format. He's Mm -hmm. just above it all almost and looking down and kind Mm -hmm. of toying with everyone and everything involved. Yep. He was, he was special. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. One thing we always like to ask our guests is if you had any particular advice for people starting out, I, I guess you would tell them, uh, stay out of the hot seat. No, No, this is great because we haven't, I mean, we haven't talked to a director before. So this is, um, one of the things that I always, I giggled at when I was working on Conan, because we would have interns that came through there all the time, this semester or that semester, different intern. And invariably at least once a year, an intern would, they would always come into me at the end of the of their time. And, you know, I would try and give them a little bit of advice and, and, you know, say, what are your goals and what, what do you want to achieve? Well, I really want to direct. Okay. Well, what would you like to do as a director? Would you, well, I just want to be able to direct. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what do you think that involves? <laughs> you know, uh, I'll figure it out once I get the job. That was kind of the gist of it, you know, and, you know, I know they're kids and they're excited and all that, but the one piece of advice that I did give someone who was actually serious about it was to study photography as, Mm. as Mm. you know, be it still photography or cinematography or whatever, but to have that kind of knowledge of lighting and of camera angles and of camera um, composition and um, you know, lenses and foreshortening and depth of field and all that stuff is really critically important when you're trying to, you know, set a shot or, um, you know, make something look pretty. Yeah. So that was, you know, I was like, learn photography, um, you know, study 
it's it's not and and shadow was another thing that I would tell people to just go shadow a room and uh, let uh, if you can get in with the producers and let you into a control room and whatever and um, learn, try and learn that way too. That's extremely practical advice. <laughs> well, it also seems important to learn that I mean terminology and just having competence in that zone is important for inspiring confidence in your team yeah. too. It's like they want to know that you, you, know, you know what, what you're, you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know their names. Yes. And you know their names. Yes. <laughs> Dave G. <laughs> exactly. Well, Liz, thank you so much. Well, you're very welcome. Yeah, it was great to see you again. Thanks, Liz. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Liz, for joining us. It was great to catch up with Liz again. That was cool. And she looks the same as she looked in 1995. Yeah, that... <laughs> that was unbelievable. That pissed me off. I know. The second she came up, I was like, all right, we're done. I have a note to tell our listeners. Yeah, what's that? Something exciting. Team Coco holiday merch is available now <laughs> at podswag.com backslash Team Coco. Excitement. Yeah. And you know what? There's even inside Conan stuff. There's drinkware, which yeah. I think is targeted. <laughs> it is targeted. To our listeners. You know what goes nice with inside Conan? A lot of alcohol. Yeah. I don't picture a lot of teetotalers listening. There's also a puzzle, which also <laughs> goes well with our podcast. Wait, is there a puzzle? A puzzle? Yeah. Like a, a jigsaw puzzle? Yeah, jigsaw puzzle. Six pieces. <laughs> it's a toughie. <laughs> Uh, no, they know people will need something else to do right. while they're listening. For the coming lockdown. Oh, we've got a listener question. We do. Yeah. Well, it's a listener comment followed by a question. <laughs> it's a three-part question. Yes. Hi, Jesse and Sweeney. I've had the huge pleasure to work on Conan sketches for the last 12 years that he was in LA. I've always had so much fun and super grateful every time I got to work there. I miss you all. I worked on a sketch with Brian Stack in March 2014. We were chickens. I'm the middle chicken, and he was Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exactly right. The sketch kept getting cut in rehearsals, and we were called back the following day, and then again, and then again. It finally made it to air on the fifth time. Oh, I think I remember this sketch. Yeah, I think I do too. My question is, what's the longest a sketch has been pushed but finally made it to air? And do you think it was uh, worth the wait? Thanks for an always amazing time on the show, Brandon. Oh, Hi, Brandon. Nice. Hi, Brandon. Yeah, I remember Brandon. Yes, you were the chicken on the left. <laughs> the middle chicken. Oh, sh shoot. I don't remember Brandon. <laughs> I thought he was the chicken on the left. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. I remember that bit. Yeah. I. That's a bit where... Um, oh, it's too hard to explain. <laughs> is is uh, making fun of someone in the audience uh, with a... Oh, yes. I think that was the It was the... The creep in the audience bit. A news story about a man who masturbated with a chicken. Uh-huh. And then it, it just went off from there. And then the director kept cutting to a, a random person in the audience, right? Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, every time Conan says something pejorative about this yeah. chicken sexer. Implying that that was he. Exactly. Yes. Well... At least Brandon was part of a really great sketch that <laughs> will stand the test of time. Well, and it's a great question. It's a very good question. Because that, that did happen a lot, that something would get pushed. Oh, yes. For time or because we had too much stuff or just various reasons. Right. And then sometimes in rehearsal, Conan would be like, 
yeah, that's that's good. And then we're like, okay, so you, should we do it tonight? No, no, no. Let's hold on let's to it. Save it. Yeah. And if it was something super topical, you knew it would never be seen again. Yeah, but if it was kind of evergreen, it would just stay right. on the grid. We always had a grid in the head writer's office with the comedy for the week, and it was just note cards. And so the yeah, writer's coordinator, cards. yeah, would would just move the index card to the next night. Yes, and then the night after that. And then after a couple of weeks, the card sometimes it would settle down to the the bottom the bottom of the grid kind of just so it was still around but it Yeah, it was, it was there was sort of yeah, a purgatory. It was an it was like stuck in an airport. Yeah. All flights had been canceled indefinitely. And, and then it was, sometimes you'd go look and the, then it would it would fully be gone from the board. Yes. And that was when you knew. I man, I kept cards up to you know, you don't want to hurt people's feelings. Cards yeah, would be up yeah. for like 5 years. Like, oh yeah, yeah, we're going it's 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 going to be on soon. Yeah, the ones you could tell the ones that had been there longest because they would start to the colors would fade right. from the if you sun. Moved it, if there's an outline <laughs> from yes, the, exactly. the California sun on and the a layer of dust corkboard. <laughs> That's right on the pin. <laughs> if you zoomed in on the pin, oh, so sad. But so Brandon asked, "What's the longest a sketch yes. got pushed?" And um, I had a memory, so we we did some research to get yeah. the the answer to this. Yeah. Because I had a memory of a sketch that Dan, writer Dan Cronin had written mm-hmm. being on the grid for a long time. We He mentioned that Andrew Weinberg, yes. another writer, used to call them grid urchins. So that was the name. <laughs> That's a good description. Grid urchins, yeah. Yes. So I looked back through... Yeah. I sorted through a bunch of emails and I found the sketch in question. You're kidding me. No, yeah, I found it. And it's called Andy Has a Snack. Okay. It was very evergreen. Yes. (laughs) Andy gets hungry every day. He could have a snack at any time. (laughs) Yeah, and it basically involved Andy interrupting Conan with a loud crunch. Mm -hmm. He's eating carrots and tzatziki. Yeah. And then it cuts away to a cooking show he's made. That Andy's made? Yeah, that and a pre-tape okay. that Andy had made of a of a cooking show um, that he then says he spent eighty thousand dollars on, mm-hmm. and then it cuts away to another yeah. pre-tape of Andy robbing a bank. I'm assuming to get the money, yeah, to make the cooking show. Okay, and then Andy getting pulled over by a cop, <laughs> and then it cuts back to the audience. So there's a dog in the audience. Oh boy. <laughs> That, <laughs> and that's how the sketch ends. Or it was probably the dog's puppy yeah, by the time yes. it... Yes. Wow. Well, so how long was this delayed for? Well, I so it finally aired on September 11th, mm. 2017. Okay. I, I don't think it had anything to do with our September 11th uh, anniversary programming. I don't think so. But the first time it appeared on the grid... Yeah. ...was on... April 11th, 2016. Wow. <laughs> that... I, w- I was stunned. I couldn't believe... It, it was a year, a year and, and a half, half in the making. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if all those elements were assembled and then they just sat on a shelf for a year I and a half. All did. the pre-tapes. Wow. The tzatziki was just 
sitting there. Now that you, you describe that sketch, I, I mean, I think it did really well. It did. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny sketch. It did great. The audience loved it. It was really funny. That is a good revenge, though. Like, if you're the it writer, yeah. you're going to be, on some level, really quietly annoyed that it's sat around for that long. And, I know. And then when it goes on and does well, it's like, ah, oh, well, okay. Uh-huh. Too bad this didn't air a year and a half ago. It could have changed the course of this show. Although maybe the audience wouldn't have been ready for it then. Maybe That's it needed. Right. It was just in the zeitgeist uh, that Andy was having snacks. Right. And robbing banks. And robbing banks. And it that was the perfect week for it. Yeah. I think all is as it should be. I think you're right. Especially <laughs> now that it's four years later, it all seems right. Yes. <laughs> um, well, that was a great question. Yes. That was fun to research. And now we can reveal that question was sent in over a year and a half ago. <laughs> we waited this long But it's honestly been on the grid since then. So <laughs> Right. We've been meaning to get to it. And we do have lots of other questions on the grid, but we still want more. Please send in more questions. Please. And uh, please review and rate our show. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We would love for you to rate the show and right. review the show. 30 stars only. And you can also submit a question as part of your review. Those are kind of fun. They're little Easter eggs for us. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to go that way or you've already rated us, you can call us at 323-209-5303 or email us at insideconanpod at gmail.com. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Yeah. You will be much skinnier from your colonoscopy. I will. I'll be all recovered. Mm -hmm. And I'll be um, dating my doctor. (laughs) (laughs) So it's win-win. Yeah. Call me from... uh, Big Sur. I'm assuming that's where you two are going. I will. All right. As we cuddle in Big Sur. Okay, great. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. See you later. And we like you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Sean Doherty. Our production coordinator is Lisa Byrne. Executive produced by Joanna Solotaroff. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. Engineered and mixed by Will Beckton. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista and Paula Davis. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. It's the Conan Show. Put on your hat. It's the Conan Show. Try on some spats. You're gonna have a laugh. Give birth to a calf. It's Conan. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.